A fault is a weakness, a defect, a fracture. Faults divide, tear, and consume. Here in the city of Chester's chasm, we struggle to maintain that precarious balance over the precipice in the earth, in our lives, and in our hearts. This story is about four teenagers with faults of their own. The fault between my faith and freedom. The fault between my family and identity. The fault between my choice and my obligation. The fault between my life and death. As these fractures grow, we stand at the edge and ask what must we sacrifice to sate the void's endless hunger? Is it possible that the answer lies within all our faults? Hello, and welcome to All Our Faults, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast. I am Mistress Winter, the MC for this here series. This is part two of our faulty Flashpoint prologues, within which we learn of Celine and the recent events that are making this school year an absolute nightmare. I will save my shoutouts, thank yous, and support information for the end of the show. Please enjoy. Faulty Flashpoint. The hunt begins. This will have occurred over kind of a spring break as the power shifts from the Unseelie Court toward the Seelie Court with the rise of new life and warmth in summer looms in the distance, figuratively speaking, and winter's power is waning. This particular year in the mortal realm, it has been unusually cold and snowy. Lots of snowfall, lots of ice. The cascade has frozen several times. These hanging icicles giving the open cavern this toothy grin kind of look as the waterfall is held in place, frozen in time, quite literally. Your father and you are out and about. What are you doing? What do you what do you do with your, your fairy dad? Well, that's a wonderful question. What do I do with my fairy dad? I think we get along really well. So I think that spending time with him isn't, you know, he's not doing it just out of obligation. Like we do actually have a pretty good relationship. We like to walk a lot. Well, when he was at his whatever the equivalent of his palace would be, take walks in like the gardens or things like that, but also kind of exploring just the nature of the Fey realm because while I, I've spent quite a bit of time there, it's it never really gets old to me. I think this particular time, we'd maybe be sitting in a garden-type area or a more well-kept forest, and we're just kind of sitting together and talking, and I am sketching some tattoo ideas I have. In particular, some tattoo ideas to finish my fairy star. Your father, Unseelie King Mercury, is standing nearby, gazing out over this frozen garden, 
statues carved out of the clearest and most beautiful ice anyone had ever seen. Brush and bushes and flowers in hues of sea greens and blue-violet and turquoise and all manner of glacial colors. In the distance, you can just make out, peeking over the top of the garden wall, the spires and battlements of what is essentially an ice castle, if uh, Elsa, the ice queen, had designed it. (laughs) It sparkles with fresh frost, though it seems almost marbled with shadow and dark hues. He regards it for a time quietly taking in this peaceful time with you. Eventually he turns and kind of curiously peeks at your sketching. What do you make there, daughter? As I realize he's kind of leaning over my shoulder, I'll kind of slam the book closed, which is not a normal thing. I usually show him my sketches and things like that. Oh, uh, nothing, just an idea I had. An idea? And you wish this idea to be private? Kind of. It's not finished yet. I, I'd like to have a finished mark like Trufei have, and I think I could make that happen with uh, something in the Mortal Realm tattoos, and I've been working on a design for my own. He thinks for a moment before sitting down on the bench next to you. My sweet daughter, I take it that you do not feel complete, that you feel less than your brethren. I am not fully of the Fae realm, but I'm not fully of the mortal realm either. It's a hard place to be. It is something that I wanted to talk to you about. You have been living with your mother in the mortal realm for a majority of the year, and this is a problem. Not because I wish to keep you from your mother. That is not my intent. The problem is, the longer that you spend on one side of the veil or the other, you begin to lose that which the other side gives you. Your star is not complete because you have not spent sufficient time in the place of your birth. So, I propose that you come live with me to be a proper princess of the court, to be presented as such, to be treated as such, so that the magic and power of this place can seep into you and make you whole. But but what about my life in the mortal realm? You can visit. However, the longer you spend away from here, that mark may simply cease to exist. I feel that you're asking too much of me. This isn't... It's not an easy decision to make. I, I love it here, but I, I do have a life in the, in the mortal realm. I, I have school. You would have school here, in a way. You'd have tutors, and you would learn things that no mortal would ever come to know. It's it's different. I've never considered spending my life here. Perhaps you should. Clearly, there is a, a yearning, a peace missing, 
that you feel. Yes, but that wouldn't, maybe the part of me that yearns for the Fae connection would go away, but then I would just be missing the piece of me that's mortal. Which is greater? I don't know how to answer that question. I admit I'm disappointed. I thought you'd be excited. I don't mean to reject your offer. That's not what I'm doing. I just, I need to think. I need to talk to mom. You can talk to her after you've made the decision. I I don't want to make this decision without her knowing first. Then perhaps we should lengthen your stay here until you have been given time, sufficient time, to consider this. I have school in the mortal realm. I have a deadline. I need to be back. I I I have a life there that I'm at this moment not ready to give up. And so you would give up this life by default. Are those really my choices? I can only have one? That is the way of it. I just don't think that's very fair to put me in this position. It is not fair, but it is what life has given you. I am offering a chance for you to seize your power and to become something greater than the billions of humans that live and survive and die on the other side with no true purpose. I am I am offering a purpose and you would shun that out of hand. Maybe I have a purpose in the mortal realm. I thought you liked humans. I like a human, and even that was tumultuous. Besides, it was the human that left. It's not my fault that Mom left. I can't help that I am both Fae and human, and you're asking me to make a choice all of a sudden that you've never asked of me before. And now I know why. Why my hesitation? I feared this would be your reaction. You feared that I wouldn't know what to do? You're acting as if I've told you no. Have you not? No, that's not what I've done. I've said I need time to think. That it isn't just a decision that I can make all of a sudden to give up one entire part of my life. That, as you said, the majority of my life. Then you shall remain here until you've had the time. You can't keep me here. I can. You would really do that to me? Hold me here against my will? If that is what is best for you, yes. Maybe it was a mistake for me to come back at all. Before he can respond in similar anger and dismay, there is the distant blast of a warhorn. There, in the distance, above the battlements, that pristine, shimmering facade of the castle in the distance explodes as a large object, probably a boulder, crashes into its face. Mercury spins and stares at the damage, trying to get a sense of what has just happened. There was a responding call of a reverberating low baritone blast of a horn or a trumpet to signify the conflict start. And just over the breeze, you can hear the shouts and clashing of weapons of tooth and claw of carnage as it erupts around the castle. 
one of the royal guards rushes in and whispers into the king's ear and he spins. You must leave now. What? Why? I, I'm not... What's going on? I... He snatches you up and just takes off, running through the gardens. I'll keep up, but uh, stumbling as I do. <laughs> As you run, several of the royal guards kind of fall into flanking positions around the king as you race away from the gardens and into the surrounding wood. We are under attack. From who? Who's it? Who would attack you? Never mind. The true danger is not who is at the castle, but who will be here soon. And he's dragging you along pulling you through the woods, dodging trees. I will not fight him trying to get away or anything. I'll do my very best to keep up with him again, stumbling, but for the most part, keeping up with him, but still trying to figure out what's happening and what this means for, for him. Give me a runaway. Well, that's volatile, right? Yes, it is. 12. You catch your feet quick and run alongside your father and his guard as swiftly as you can. In the distance, you hear the braying of horse-like creatures that exist in the Fae. Unicorns, perhaps, or maybe nightmares. Glancing over your shoulder, you can see dark riders interspersed through the trees. You can hear the hooves digging and pounding into the dirt and the snow as they ride hard. There's a loud howl from a wolf-like creature. Its howl is ethereal and scratches at your psyche, and it is answered in kind by multiple others along the flanks of your group. You are being hunted. Uh, is my father holding like my me by the arm, or is he like? Did he grab like my hand to pull me along? Uh, initially, he kind of pulled you up by your arm, but since you're keeping your own, probably your hand. Once the howling starts, I, I mean, all of this is unfamiliar for me. I've spent time in the Fey, but something like this has definitely never happened. The war horns, I've never heard them before, things like that. But then in addition to that, the howling that is so just eerie and there in my mind, I just like to rip as tight as I can onto my father's hand and just kind of give him a fearful look, but I will not slow down at all. I will keep pace with him, but I'm, it's, it's starting to scare me. <laughs> the riders begin to close in, gaining ground quickly. There is a thwap as an arrow, jagged and barbed, digs itself into a tree near your head. One or two of the king's guard screech in pain as they are dropped by other projectiles. The lead guard shouts back that they should get the king to safety. No, we must reach the portal. Does that put you in danger? That matters not and he nearly like wrenches you in a sharp direction away from some more of the arrows that fly past. You see the pit ahead. It is marked by this mound of stones and frost-covered moss. 
he pulls you along to it. You must return. Return to the mortal realm and do not come back. Not until I say it is safe. What will happen to you? I will get to safety. I promise that I will live this day, but you must also. I will kind of glance around and then just kind of latch myself onto him in a hug for a couple seconds before pulling away and bounding towards the portal. Okay, so you rush toward the giant hole in the ground that has been, at least on this side, built up enough that you don't just like dive in. You essentially walk this winding staircase that will deposit you in the cavern beneath the cascade. As you mount the stairs down, your father raises his hand in a gesture of adoring goodbye. His features marshaled and collected. Then he's pulled away by his guard. Even as you get halfway down the stairs, you hear that braying and clopping reach the edge of the portal. After the offspring, Cooker here, this is your hunt. And you hear that chilling, screeching howl again. Then quick pad falls on the stairs as this dire wolf, this creature of myth and legend bounds down the stairs towards you. Uh, how, how close is it to me? It's at the top, whereas you're nearing the bottom, but it's coming quick. Okay, I feel pretty trapped right now, so I'd like to give myself the condition trapped, uh, which means I get a plus one for lash out physically. So I'm gonna do that preemptively in case this thing catches up. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Because I have a move that I can, uh, I have a move called cornered rat. <laughs> I love that. All right, so you reach the bottom and as you step through the invisible curtain that separates the Fey realm from the mortal world, your world seems to kind of tilt and flip, and you scramble up onto the cave floor, which is not easy because it is icy. Above you, you can see the icicles and frozen water hanging in sheets, and beyond that, the night sky of the mortal world. Give me a run away. Let's see if I can do just as well this time. 11? I'm rolling well and I'm good at this. I have a, this is my best stat. <laughs> <laughs> you know these caverns well. You've used them to traverse the world so many times. It's become muscle memory almost. This time you choose a different path. One that is narrower and harder to navigate if you don't know what you're doing. Even as you take off down the tunnel, the beast leaps through the curtain and scrambles up its claws and paws the size of men's faces, grip into the ice and pull itself up and out. It turns its head, its eyes, this ghostly blue flame peering from side to side, looking down each tunnel and turn before locking onto you. 
as you slip into the tunnel. It snarls and leaps after you, but is unable to grab you as you slip around some rocks and shuffle deeper in to the narrow path. Yeah, I'm gonna be going as fast as possible, still with like my sketchbook clutched in my hand. I do think as I'm going, I'll keep glancing back to see this thing that's now after me, but I also have I'm just trying to get away and get home. (laughs) Sure. This path takes you a little bit longer than the quickest route would, and it deposits you on the top of the falls, or close to, anyway. There is a bridge that spans the top of the waterfall, allowing for tourists and nature lovers alike to essentially perch on top of the waterfall and watch it and look down into the cascade. You find yourself up there. Can I still hear the creature? You can. Okay. How do I communicate with my dad from the mortal realm? Ooh, good question. I kind of like the idea that maybe I have maybe like a pendant or something that's kind of imbued with fey magic. Maybe he has like a matching, like a ring or something where he can communicate with me that way. I I don't think we can have like super long conversations on it, but we can use it to send quick messages. And he uses it a lot to check up on me usually just during the normal year. It's like what? He's not on your family cell phone plan? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't cover the fey realm, unfortunately. (laughs) They should really get on that. I was thinking like maybe the way to pass messages was through the water. Reflective surfaces like water, ice, or a mirror, yeah. So in that case, I think I probably have a little handheld mirror. And that's, you know, just how it presents itself. But because of magic and stuff and the veil between the worlds, it is a compact mirror in the mortal realm. So that I'm not just carrying around this freaking handheld mirror, because that's not as convenient. And I think it was a gift from my father, and it's very ornate. It's very... I mean, she is a half-fey princess after all, so... Sure. (laughs) I'm going to hide first. Or I'm going to try and hide. I don't really want to get caught by this thing. It's also a, a long way back to my house, I think. I live in the mall, <laughs> so I know it's it's going to be a hot minute to get back there, and I'm on foot, most likely. I think I can drive, but I think that, like, essentially, my mom drops me off so I can go to the Pharaoh, you know, the custody exchange, <laughs> that sort of thing. Instead of a parking lot, it's a portal between realms, you know? <laughs> so I think I'd like to find a place to hide, and as soon as I do, I'd like to open up the mirror to try and send a message to my father to let him know that I am out and something is here that's hunting me. Is it a specific mirror that he uses? I would assume that he has a similar type of mirror that he keeps on him so he can talk with me. That doesn't mean he's going to respond. He may be a little busy right now running for his life. It's got an answering machine functionality, so you can just, like, leave a message. Leave a message after the glint. Bing! (laughs) Oh my goodness. It could be more that, like, you do have to be paying attention. I think there's probably a pinging sound of kind of, like, glass reverberating when a message is coming through. 
and you have a few seconds to probably open it up and catch that message. And if you miss it, you kind of miss it. I also think it'd be interesting if the like reverberation is not like humans can't hear it. Only Faye can. <laughs> Soon you're going to tell me these mirrors have airplane mode. <laughs> can we go back to the pendant idea? I don't like this anymore. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm having so much fun with that. Uh, yeah, I know. So you pull out this mirror. The mirror swirls and the images in the mirror look like moving water flowing into itself with these tendrils of shadow. Nothing immediately solidifies. I'll speak into it and say, in the mortal realm, something is hunting me, but I won't do more than that. As you finish your message and fold up the mirror, scratching and clawing sounds begin to emanate up out of the cascade. Braving a look from your hiding place, you see the creature struggling to gain purchase on the frozen river above the cascade as it is pulling itself out of the cavern. Eventually, it writes itself, growing large and imposing, even from your high vantage point. You can see the sweep of its blue flamed eyes, its nose sniffing the air, trying to catch your scent. It lets out another one of those screeching howls. Sounds like so many nails on ice before it bounds off into the woods. I'm gonna pull out my phone, my mortal phone, and call my mom <laughs> to come pick me up. Your mother, Jessamine, answers. Darling, are you alright? I had to come back early. Uh, can you come pick me up? There's, I, I need you to, I just, I'm, I'm back and I, I need a- Well, of course. What did your father get you into? I don't know. You weren't supposed to be back for another couple days. It's not his fault, I think. Oh, I seriously doubt that. I'm on my way. Okay, let me know when you get here. I'm, I'm kind of hiding right now. Hiding? Hiding from what? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Something followed me out of the portal. It's some of the things that were after Dad. I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. If I could, I would kill that man. Putting you in danger. I'm on my way. It's not his fault. Stay safe. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Okay. I'll see you soon. Meet me at the usual place if you can. I'll try. You will make it to one of the parking lots that act as one of the starting points for many of the hiking trails. Your mom is there in her minivan. Come on, baby, get in. I'm definitely like looking behind my shoulder constantly as I like sprint into the car. I don't know what I usually bring with me to the Fey Realm, but I imagine I at least usually have like a bag of some sort, if at least just like a backpack. I do not have that this time. Literally all I have is like the mirror, my phone, and my sketchbook. <laughs> Where are your things? They're back at the at the court. You know what, we're gonna have to talk about this when we get back home and she will peel the minivan out. In your side view mirror, searching the tree line, you can see 
a pair of flaming blue eyes looming just inside before you speed away from danger. And that's where we'll end that. Thank you for listening, and we truly hope you enjoyed this episode of All Our Faults. Thank you to the Tabletop Tailspinners Network for giving this show a home. Thank you to Emma Kokar, who provided the rough edits to this episode. A shout out to my cast. This episode starred Abby Marie Carter, who can be found on Instagram at Abby underscore Marie underscore Carter. I can be found at GMistressWinter on X, Blue Sky, and Instagram. A special thank you from the cast and I to our partners and significant others. We truly appreciate your support and for letting us disappear for hours on end to create this amazing content. If you would like to support the show, you can navigate to the Tabletop Tailspinners Network link tree in the show notes. We have a Ko-Fi site where you can toss some change in our digital hat. Also, spread the word of this fabulous new show. We've only just begun telling this amazing story, and there are some really big things coming. So grab a friend to take along on the journey with us. Until next time, keep your hearts safe and know that you are appreciated. This has been a tale from the Tabletop Tailspinners Network.